welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today, we got a Q&A. We got a lot of good questions today. I got a funny thing to admit I'm not excited about. What's up? I started watching a love reality show. <laughs> nice, dude. I have talked so much shit about reality shows. Yeah. I, I ultimately I do. I think they're you're really also, really whack. You're also married, dude. Yep, I am married. And I give her shit a lot about reality shows. And I never watch them. Yeah. I literally will go watch I've watched Sons of Anarchy probably four times through because I will like I don't know what to watch. Yeah. And I'll just watch that and say 'cause I'm I'm like I refuse to watch anything with the word housewives in it or uh it, favorite. she doesn't watch Kardashians <laughs> anymore, but I won't watch them. There's other ones like... I, uh, I won't. I just I, won't. I can't do it. <laughs> so uh, we were we were like, we were drinking wine, having wine night, and we were, uh, she's watching through the Lord of the Rings with me because that series came out, the Lord of the Rings series. I don't know if you've seen previous for that. It looks nope. fucking dope. Dope. But she was like, I kind of want to watch the movies before I start the TV show. Yeah. I was like, perfect. Let's watch them. So we had like an hour and a half left of one of them that we were chipping through. So we finished it, and there was still cheese to eat and wine to drink. So she was like, we could watch Love is Blind. Oh, God, yep. And I was like, all right, whatever. She's yep. like, really? I was like, I'm drunk at this point. Go ahead. Yeah. And then, like, two days later, I was like, yo, so did, uh, and I, like, asked a question <laughs> about it. Like, actually, ge- like, genuinely yeah. did. Yeah. And she gave me that look like, you yeah. you, you want to know. Yeah. Like, and I was like, fuck. Yeah, I do. Yep. And so I, I watched a few episodes. There's a new episode tonight. I'm going to watch it. Nice, dude. I just can't get it. I'm like. How on earth are they committing to a fucking marriage? And they... It's so stupid. They don't really know these people. Yeah. They just see them through wall. And then there's, like, the one couple who, I have like... I no idea. I know Joe's watched it. I don't know what it's about, though. Go oh, ahead. so, like... Tell they, me about it, Cody. Dude, there's, like, these pods. So, imagine, like, this cubicle is your pod. There's a couch, and there's, like, this big, like... It almost kind of looks like a mirror, but, like, you can't actually see through it. You can just see, like, lights on the other side. You, so you can't, can't see through mirrors either. No, but you can... It, it's like a... You know those, like, stained glasses, glass or whatever? Okay. Where it's like so thick and Blurry. like patterned, yeah. Okay. You can't even, but you can't even make out the figure of yes, the person. Yes, the yeah. whole point is like true love is blind, quote unquote. But they get their talk right. So every day they go in these pods and they talk to each other. So all these people are talking to all these different people, and they just keep narrowing it down until they like end up with the person that they like really vibe with, and they keep going back to that pod. And then you can't see the person or get out of the pod until you propose to them before seeing them. It's crazy. So how long do they hang out in this pod? A year? Not like three, four weeks. <laughs> but like all day, every day, they're just like talking, eating meals, hanging out. Like that's it. And then they go back to their houses with just the guys, just the girls, and they talk about like connections. And it's, it's, and it's hilarious too because like there's this one scene where the guys, like he did commit and then like the parents met her and didn't like her or something like that. And he's like, I can understand. She, he, they haven't known her as long as I have. And I'm like, you've known her for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? But they, uh, so like, it's just wild. And then there's like a couple people. There's this one couple specifically. I can't remember their names, but like they got out and he sees her and fucking still loves her to death. And she was, she was like a bigger girl and she was talking about that, like kind of like insecurity. And this is like this tall, lanky cowboy dude fucking loves her. You're beautiful. Everything. They're like great together. And it's like, that's actually dope. Yeah. Like they came out like strong. And then there's this one dude that like proposes, says he loves all stuff, and then he sees her and he like literally tells her like, "You're not really my type, but I'm gonna like try and make it work." And yeah, I'm like, bro, 
You have to be fi- like physically attractive to somebody. 100%. But like the way he's saying it, I'm like, Dude, <laughs> you can't say that to somebody. That's <laughs> fucked. You can. I mean, I, he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So now they're like, the next episode is when they actually go down the altar and they both have to say yes or no. Yeah. So they, they get out of the pods and then they hang out. Like for like they meet her parents, they live together for a little bit. Wow! You start seeing like kind of some, some things unravel. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Some of them have like extremely different political views, and it's like, oh shit, this is weird. Um, like this one couple was, it was like they got into like the abortion talk, and they're on polar opposite ends of the spectrum, and it was like, whoa, <laughs> this is getting rough. And then yeah. the parents get involved, dude. It's, it's dude. Murder. I feel like those TV shows like. Bank on disaster. Oh, for sure. I don't even. I know. I've heard in like read articles about the the success rate on the Bachelor and Bachelorette is so low. Yeah. It's out of control. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I I I've always thought they're kind of fake. Yeah, you know. Ever since I got the fourteen casting, million girls think it's real. Hundred <laughs> percent. I try to tell Shannon this all the time, and she's like, "Well, so and so Bachelor Bachelorette are still together," and I'm like, "Well, I don't have." A, but I have nothing. To I do. don't even know. But I'm saying there's forty six seasons. Yeah. Three of them worked out. Like, yeah, exactly. They're still together. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know this. I got that casting call for that one show, and that's when I was like, oh, yeah, this is complete bullshit. Casting call. That was uh, Dating Naked. You did? Yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, Biggest Loser. <laughs> oh, no, I got cast for that, too. Yeah. That would have actually almost made. Yeah. I almost got on there. Yeah. Um, but, of course, they chose Steve Cook. Why wouldn't you? Steve Cook's, like, fucking. The man. He is the man. Yeah. He's one of those guys, he just looks like a really nice person, too. I'm like, yeah. I, I can't say shit about you. Totally. Man. You look really great. I'd hang out with you. Um, and I'd choose you over me for that <laughs> show. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, Brian DaCosta was actually in the running, too, apparently. Um, I saw him. He was saying something about that when I saw him in San Diego, I think it was. But, um, no, dating, it was when I was in that apartment before I moved in with you. And uh, oh, wow. it was called, it was kind of like Love is Blind. You were like 19. No, uh, t- yeah, I was probably like 22. Yeah, tw- I was at least 21, but no more than 23. Yeah. Very young. Um, but even what, that was another thing I noticed about this Love is Blind. They start like showing some of them are like 26, 27. And I'm like, God damn, like that's, these people are young as fuck. Yeah. They're getting married to people they don't even see. You, God, that's crazy. People just love the uh, reality of it. Yeah. Like the, the, not the reality, but the, the literally the entertainment of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, even the, some of the people in there, like one guy was like, he was talking about how he's been searching for love and he just needs all this stuff. And, and he, I'm like, dude, you're literally mid twenties. Yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't even tried that long, but, um, dating naked was kind of similar, I- except <laughs> you could see and you were butt ass naked. So I don't really remember the point. Like, I don't remember if we're both naked or I'm just in this box naked and she can see me. I can't see her or what you're supposed to like fall in love with me and just ignore the fact that I'm butt ass naked in front of you. Like I, I there's no point to it. They had one season and they were done. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get very far, but it aired. Yeah. Um, and ABC was the producer, but I applied for fucking wipeout. Oh yeah. Remember what? that show? I think that's still going on. Yeah. Where like, there's like an obstacle horse and then like the things move and they're like getting thrown in the mud. And yeah, shit like yeah, that. yeah. 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 Yeah, and then I realized, like, everyone that goes on there is generally unathletic because it's funny. Yeah. You want to see people fall. I'm like, hilarious. I, like, did an interview for it. I'm like, I'm, I'll conquer this. I'm fit. I have, like, here's my PRs in the gym. <laughs> like, I'm a trainer. I'll conquer this course. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to pick me. Yeah. But um, but then they called me for dating naked. And I told them I had a girlfriend. <laughs> <It's dead. laughs> yeah. I, I, I told them I had a Skype interview, and I told them I had a girlfriend. And I was like, well, I can't really do dating naked. I'm, I literally live with my girlfriend in this apartment. And they were like, oh, that's fine. Like, 
you'll just you'll say you're saying obviously like make sure it's cool with her but like be single on the show <laughs> and like this will be the storyline you won't win basically yeah we'll make sure of that but we want you to be one of the characters kind of thing and i'm like damn that's how reality tv works yeah most of it at least that's wild i mean you get the views man yeah but Not we started watching many views if, if one, one season yeah no shit and it's I don't know. I would feel weird watching that. Yeah. That's why no one did. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but we started watching Love is Blind, and that was cool. And then it was funny, too, because I, I said, I was like, you know what, what show I would want to be on? And I didn't think she would have seen this, but I guess she, we have a daughter, so she would have. But on the kids' section, you probably have never seen this, but uh, have you seen The Floor is Lava? No. It's a reality show for kids to watch. Wow. And it looked <laughs> like... There's, like, obstacles, like, kind of, like, Wipeout, but it's all this, like, red lava underneath, and you wow. can't, like, touch the floor. Is it like animated? No, like the it's, lava? it's legit. And it's, like, a parent and the kid go through this obstacle course, I think. Oh, okay. I haven't watched it. I just saw a preview for it on Netflix. Oh, wow. This looks dope. Huh. I would do it. Yeah, no. I... Yeah, we we watch kids' Netflix quite dope. often, so, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, so I'm uh, officially a reality TV fan, so everybody listening. Wow. Um, I don't watch reality TV. We watch... I guess it is... More like game, like contest shows. Game shows. Dude, I've been watching uh, Dancing with the Stars. Mm. It's pretty wild. And But I've been watching Amazing Race. You've been watching that for so long. Before college. Yeah, so. Wait, what season are they on? 97? <laughs> 39 or four, something Crazy. like that. Yeah. I mean, that's like the challenge. The challenge is on fucking season. But they have like two seasons every year, so it's not like, uh, not 30 years. Same as like. What the fuck is the Amazing Race? Dude, they, they. Travel the world and do challenges. So, so where's pl- point A and point B? I mean, Tra- it's different every season. Yeah. But, I mean, how far? Thirty, Like, 12 countries in a season? Damn. Yeah. They go from, like, France to Israel to... Are they on their own to figure to out the... Thailand. Like... Well, they get a clue. They say, hey, go to the airport, book your thing, and get go to Israel, do this challenge, drive here, do this. Damn. And it's then, like couples, right? Yeah. That's and then crazy. every pit stop, they get there's an elimination. Whoever is last to come to the pit stop. That's crazy. That's, that's so uh, cool. have you seen that movie Rat Race? Yeah, long wow. Time ago. So that's like a yeah. must be a pun yeah. on that because I've seen that. But it's so good. They've won Emmys and that's anyway. crazy. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say like Jeopardy or something. No, <laughs> no, that's not. I guess that's a game show, but no, that's what I think of when I think of game show. Yeah, Jeopardy or Family Wheel of Feud. Fortune. Yeah, yeah, contest show. No, it's not even contest. I don't a, know. That's a game show. Yeah, I don't know what Amazing Race would be considered. It's a game show. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's million dollars. Yeah, it's a, I guess it's yeah. a type of game show. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, the challenge is like on MTV. That's a game show, but it's kind of like a reality TV slash totally. game show. But it's house. reality as in you're traveling the world with yeah. whoever you choose. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Yeah. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, let's uh, get into a couple questions here today. Um, we got our first one coming from Becca Becker Fit. Rebe- Rebecca Becker. That's a tongue twister. I have a 50-year-old client that has been chronically dieting and doing intermittent fasting. Her goal is to get more lean and lose inches, gain energy, and have a better routine. I want to start her on a reverse diet, but she is saying the calories are too high and she can't get them all in in a day due to intermittent, intermittent fasting. I would like her to eat breakfast and then eat every three to four hours for consistent energy balance. However, she says every time she eats breakfast no matter what it is eggs greek yogurt anything else she feels sluggish and her eyes get heavy could i please get some guidance and insight into this please yeah a few things um first the other thing before i answer the question shout out to 
Rebecca Becker, Becker fit. Yep. Triple Beck. Your nickname. She's doing uh, body armor in the app. She was one of the people that commented on that that reel today. So uh, I just want to shout out. I'm in, I'm only two days in, but I'm enjoying the program. And it's just dope knowing that other people are doing it. Like I've had some people DM me. People are commenting on it. I'm, I'm excited to keep posting the reels. So we're going to, as we're recording, so we're going to post another one here in a sec. Um, but check out my story, uh, or not my story, my reels. We're going to be posting the different sessions that I'm doing. And they're all inside the app. I'm literally doing the Body Armor app. Um, and once again, uh, there's an Body explanation in there. Um, that's the title of the program inside the Taylor Trainer app. But it, the whole purpose of the program is like, I just call it like resiliency. Um, <clears throat> and I think of it like, uh, yes, we're going to be building muscle. Yes, we're going to be getting stronger. There's going to be a little bit of metabolic uh, aspects to it. You can add conditioning into it, which I'm doing, but it's a four day split. Um, but like I call it body armor because it's like, when I think of like, okay, like what's a, what's a body that could take a hit? You know, somebody tackles me, somebody, this sounds crazy, shoots me, somebody fucking hits me with a car. How do I bounce back quick? I even thought about that. We were you think doing you bounce back from getting shot. Um, 50 got shot nine times, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm not lasting nine. <laughs> um, but I mean, Resiliency. yeah, dude, like maybe, Anyone that shoot me, but like, um, like any type of thing, like how quickly impact do you recover from it? Yeah, how do you handle the impact? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I even think about it because uh, I started doing uh, like as we're recording this, we have that presentation tomorrow for the firefighters, and I started obviously I did more research than what I already knew because I just wanted to be really well prepared for like tactical training because although I've trained enough to know like different not necessarily firefighters but police officers SWAT um we have somebody I believe is in the secret service you can't tell us but that's what it sounds like it is but people in that realm you know you got to train differently obviously um but I started like thinking about stuff when I was creating this program a little yeah. bit and even doing this program so we were doing the sandbag carries the other day um and I literally think this sounds crazy but because the firefighters were in my mind I'm like if I'm walking out of a burning building and I'm carrying my wife and child in my arms right now because that sandbag is literally them combined almost like I can do that, Damn, yeah. you know, and like with some adrenaline to save my family, I could definitely do it. Absolutely. But, uh, and, and it was funny cause I said that and, uh, CJ was like, well, how much is this sandbag? And I was like a hundred pounds. And he was like, you weigh it? I was like, well, no, I just kind of guessed. He's like, well, where'd you get the sand? Did you buy a hundred pound sand? I was like, no, I just emptied Blakely sandbox into it. <laughs> Cause I got rid of a turtle sandbox and I just poured it all in this bag and uh, he's been around all of the kids and everything. He's like, bro, that is so much more than a hundred pounds. Like you have no perception of what dirt, gravel, sand. I don't do labor like so that. So you just he put does. it in the giant bag? hundred percent. Oh. I just got a huge bag, put it in there and then put through it in the, like the duffel bag looking thing that giant has for sandbags. Yep. Um, and it holds up to 150, it says. So I don't know how much it is, yep. but now that I was thinking about it, it's so hard to breathe carrying that thing. I think it probably is over a hundred pounds yeah. and apparently a whole sandbox is much more than a hundred pounds. Um, but yeah, no, uh, shout out to Becca cause she's running the program. Um, I know quite a few people are, so if you're interested into it, uh, head over to tailored trainer.com. Uh, there's a link in the description of this podcast. You can jump in with me. You might be a week behind, but that is okay. Um, I started this Monday. So as you're listening to this, that's this week, I believe, um, jump in. It's a lot of fun. If you want to see some of the sessions, I'm giving some teasers on my Instagram. Now, for this question, uh, she's basically, uh, it, like, it was a long question, so I'm, she's basically asking, how do I get this person to eat to manage this stress level or improve this stress level because she's been a chronic dieter, but get over the fact that she feels very sluggish when she has that first meal? Sounds correct. Okay. So, 
there's a few things here. Like a lot of times people assume, so there's like one part that is like partially true and one part we have to debunk. The part that's partially true is like, uh, you've, you've heard of uh, like when you eat, there's not really a saying for it, but when you eat turkey, like tryptophan, like yep. you have Thanksgiving dinner and you're like, oh, and you have that like dump, not literally dump, but like crash, cortisol dump. Um, the reason that happens is because of the amino acid tryptophan, but also the combination of carbs and tryptophan leads to serotonin influx. And you get that like carb coma feeling, like lethargy, you just want to take a nap, right? It's common because Thanksgiving is basically the perfect setup for it. Turkey is very high in tryptophan, and then you have a bunch of carbs with it, potatoes, biscuits, all that stuff. So the reason I'm saying that is because sometimes people will get that sensation, not just from tryptophan, but also just from the carbs in general, increasing serotonin. So part of it is true. She might be getting some of that in that, that influx of carbohydrates is putting her into a parasympathetic mode, just rest and recovery, which is good, but it can make people sleepy. It can make people lethargic and tired. Uh, so it could be a little bit of that. The other thing that people will lean on, which is semi-true, semi-myth, is that insulin, right? So insulin spikes, your blood sugar, uh, you have differences with your insulin, your blood sugar. Um, cortisol obviously drops when insulin spikes, but like a lot of those things lead to this like crash as well. So this is why people will often say like they feel more alert on a low-carb diet. They feel more alert on a fasting protocol. And the reason for that is because cortisol is staying high, especially in the morning if you're fasting or you're removing carbs, cortisol stays up. Cortisol has a relationship with adrenaline, so you're staying fucking awake. You're yeah. more alert, which isn't always a bad thing. You know, I know some people who speak in front of groups and would do like, for, for example, tomorrow morning I'm speaking, they would suggest don't have carbs before you speak because it will increase the stress hormone, which isn't good long-term, but temporarily, so you're alert on stage, that could be a good thing. Now, in my experience, I think that's more of a temporary uh, phenomenon where like as you get more used to eating carbohydrates or eat increasing your calories – you don't feel that way anymore. So it's more of an acute thing. This is also why, like, if you think about uh, marathon runners who do keto or low-carb diets, like, they're not actually fueling those sessions with low-carb. They are re reducing carbs to increase insulin sensitivity, and then they carb load, and they see this, like, super compensation effect. So sometimes that can be negative for people, and they have that. But if you're consistently consuming carbohydrates and consistently increasing calories, you're not going to have that effect from them anymore because you're more used to it, uh, which means... I don't want to say suck it up and eat the food, but like there's, I've had conversations with clients where I'm like, Hey, I don't want to be uh, aggressive with this advice. And there's no easy way to say it besides bluntly, but you kind of got to suck it up yeah. because I promise your hunger signals, your, your energy, all these things will improve after you consistently do it. But if you do it for a couple of days and then you feel like shit, so you stop doing it and then you come back to it to try again, you're never going to get through that. Right. It's the same re like thing with like, I'm not a big fan of keto, but when people do keto, they call it the keto flu. Cause the first, I don't know if it's a few weeks, some for some people, it's a few months, you feel like shit and they call it keto flu. Once you break through that, apparently you feel amazing. I haven't done keto, but it's the same exact thing. Sometimes with nutrition protocols, you have to kind of break through that hard part to get, make it normal. Um, the other thing to, to remember too, is, uh, the reason the insulin thing is a myth is because Yes, carbohydrates spike insulin. I would probably say they spike insulin the most and in, in the more most acutely, meaning like rapidly. But protein spikes insulin and so does fat. So calories in general. So they've even uh, kind of, um, there used to be like this idea of like don't have carbs in the afternoon because when they would have big carb meals, 
they would have a rise in blood sugar and blah, 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 and this could cause sleep disturbances. But they've also shown studies that that happens with fat, and they've mm. seen it with combinations of fat and carbs. And they realize that it's not about the macronutrients, it's more about the calories. So if you have a really large meal before bed, it's probably not a good thing. So for this individual, it might be the size of the total meal, not just the carbs. So I would probably recommend reducing the total calorie allotment in that and just make it like a snack at first and then slowly build that up. Um, because even if we're trying to reduce stress and we're trying to manage cortisol and our first thought is like carbs, but carbs are making them feel lethargic, which is an individual thing. And it could very well be happening. It could also be, uh, happening more because of placebo. Like once you think something, you're going to continue thinking it. Um, but also like we can just have a protein shake with some nut butter, like protein shake and almonds, like fat and, uh, protein and we're still going to have some of that stress <coughs> mitigation and that cortisol reduction because you're having a feeding and it's calories that are the most important thing so my advice would be have that conversation with her not like literally say suck it up but like tell her like hey sometimes you got to break through the sticking point to get further and it will normalize but also like let's just reduce carbs in this meal have just protein and fats the main the most important thing is to have protein every meal you can spread fats out and you just kind of tweak how you go about it at first and build from there um and there just there is a lot of there's a lot of interesting research on uh, placebo effect. And I think the longer I'm a coach and the more I get familiar with that research, the more I realize how important the psychology of coaching and dieting and training really is. Um, and how you can explain a lot of somebody's results just by the way they perceive their results are going to happen, you know, and we can implement a great strategy. But if this person is dead set on believing it's not going to work, I promise you that shit is not going to work. Yeah. Um, I, I dug deeper into some of it for this talk that I'm doing for um, the firefighters because with them, for example, like the, the biggest conversation I'm having is stress and mental health. How do we manage stress and mental health? Cause they're seeing fucked up shit all yeah. the time. Well, the hardest part is that I can't say stop what is causing the stress because with normal people, it's like, Hey, let's find ways to uh, eliminate the stress right? Maybe build your capacity to handle it if it's uncontrollable. But usually for normal people, the stress that we can't remove is like, oh, I have, I have a daughter. Sometimes she doesn't sleep through the night. Okay. Like it's stressful, but it's fine. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I have to pay the bills. Still going to have to pay the bills no matter what, you know, like there's stress like that, that, that can't go away. The grand scheme of things, they're not that big of a deal, but like for a firefighter or somebody like that, what am I going to tell them? Don't see any more fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, don't go out to calls. Like, there's nothing they can do. So I started digging into some of this research because a lot of, like, the rewiring in people's brain and the impacts stress actually has on literal nerves and neurons in your brain comes down to how you perceive the stress, which means, like, basically talking to yourself yeah. about how it's not that bad. <laughs> like, like, telling yourself... Just you can mindset. handle it. Like you can work through it. Like it'll all be better. Like I'm a positive person. Like saying those things consistently actually will rewire your brain to an extent. Um, there's a whole like section of science on neuroplasticity that talks about this. Um, and it's pretty fucking crazy. But like for people like this, you have to be careful with how you coach them through this. Because if, if you tell them something the right way, and deliver the parts of the information for the strategy that matter the most, and you emphasize what it could potentially lead to, they're going to lean on that being a, a fact. You know, like if I tell you like, hey, feeling lethargic is a temporary thing. If you work through this for about a week or two more, that'll go away and it'll actually start fueling better energy. 
I guarantee she's more likely to actually feel that better energy if she trusts me as a coach. If she doesn't really trust me, she's going to be like, okay, and then she's going to hang up the phone and be like, this guy's full of shit. And then she won't, they won't happen, right, because she's stuck in her way. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just wild. So, um, as you know, I fucking love placebo research, yeah. but um, I've just been finding I out I like more. that neuroplasticity. Yeah. I can't say that. Plasticity. 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 So it's like, uh, like when you're making plastic shit and shaping it. Yeah. You know, plasticity. So it's like rewiring your nervous system and your brains and, and the chem- uh, your brain neurons. And exercise and nutrition, period, does it. So eating a, a, a healthy diet, basically, yeah. staying away from certain things and eating in a calorie balance, all that stuff, and exercise in general. doesn't yeah. matter if you're doing yoga. Clean or, eating. Yeah. To an extent, it's, it's true. Yeah, to yeah. an extent, it's true. So, yeah. like, part of it is actually being in a deficit, which is actually funny because, and it's going to be a weird thing to talk through tomorrow because, like, you can increase stress from being in a deficit. But at the same time, most research shows autophagy and longevity improves and some of this neuroplasticity. Um, so there's this thing called uh, brain-derived uh, neuro, uh, neurotropic factor or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Off to, it's like BDNP or something like that. But it basically is the process of your brain kind of rewiring itself and like basically... Essentially, it's it's how kids learn new skills and stuff. But as you get older, it's it's allowing you to like continually like improve your brain and, and fix your memory and your cognitive thinking, willpower, discipline, all that stuff. Um, and uh, autophagy is basically cell recycling. Yeah. Did you find it? Brain derived neurotropic factor. There you go. Um, and then autophagy is basically taking old cells that are dying and using them to build new cells. Totally. So you're just recycling cells. All these things are positive, but um, intermittent fasting has shown to do some of that, but it's because of caloric restriction. So they've basically come to the fact that caloric restriction leads to these things. Now, how do I tell somebody who is in a highly stressed environment that you need to sometimes diet because it's going to improve your brain, but if you diet too much, it's going to cause negative aspects to your brain. You know, So there's a fine, there's a line to have, but... Um, yeah, anyway, like all that stuff is extremely fascinating. I love it. Um, they talk about a little bit of it. You would actually probably even like this podcast, man. Um, the one I shared with Lane Norton got on uh, the Huberman Lab podcast. Totally. Three hours. Damn. Fucking long. But they, gold. Yeah, dude, because he's a neuroscientist, and then Lane is a PhD in nutritional science, and they're just like going back and forth and just building on each other, dude. It's That's so cool. I mean, I'm maybe a quarter of the way through, but yeah. like it's, it's dope. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Sweet. All right, let's move on. We have one coming from Anonymous. Uh, It says, I was just listening to your five alarming issues inside coaching episode. I totally agree with you on the slimy DM tactics. One company in particular that I will not name is huge on this, and and I've wasted money on their quote-unquote business coaching. Oh, God. How does your team of coaches go about getting clients if they are not consistently DMing clients? Great question. That's a good question. And uh, <laughs> this topic is hilarious to me. It's uh okay. So, um, are you not naming, or did they not name? Not that I want to name it, but I'm just curious. Did they actually put in the? They, question? they wrote that. Oh, so they didn't tell you who? Correct. Okay. Because now I'm fucking curious. Yeah. And they're anonymous. I'm like, man, I want to know. Um, but I mean, let's be real. They all do it. So, um, I was talking to somebody the other day. Who, uh, I was talking to somebody who, um, like, as you know, I don't really do much mentoring or anything, but I, I got on a call with somebody cause I was like, you know, yeah, like I'll help you. Like, I know you from the past, you've worked with us before. Um, 
this sounds like it was written by them. Like they basically like had a very similar situation. They might have turned this in before I talked to them. So I literally I called I, I talked to them on Saturday on the way home from the barber, and uh, I told them I was like, all right, like think about every successful online coach and or CEO founder of coaching business. You know, like because um, there's sometimes like you know there's like one. Like, I would think of, like, Jordan Syatt. Like, I don't look at him as the CEO of a coaching team. I look at him as a coach, right? He runs Inner Circle and stuff like that. But um, I would be the CEO of a coaching team because we emphasize the whole team, right? Correct. Um, and I told him, look at all these people like that. Name one of them that does and or promotes DMing the shit out of people for leads. And it was very quiet. Yeah. And he was like, God damn, that's a good point. Nobody. And I was like... Exactly. A lot of times it's used as a strategy from business masterminds, business coaching and stuff. Because if you pay me a shit ton of money and I say, hey, first step, I want you to DM 100 people this script. I mean, you're going to sell somebody, yeah. you know, and then you make a few bucks. You're like, oh, shit, yeah. that worked. You DM 100 more people, you know, it gets old and you burn out of your list quite quickly. But they get you to make some money on the front end really quick. They usually have some kind of like pre-written script funnel, pre-written script, Facebook group challenge, some kind of shit like that. They have these like quick things that allow you to make some quick bucks right off the get-go. But there is no long-term foundational business strategies behind those things. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of what else goes on because I don't, I haven't worked with those companies. Going back to my point of like, look at the people that you look up to. Like, I just, I don't do that shit. But most of the time I got to assume that there's no like foundational stuff. Like when I did mentor people, when I t gave advice to this person on the phone and stuff, I'm like, look, like there's certain fundamental things you need in place with contracts, with systems, with structure, with team building, leadership, marketing, content, um, payment structure. Like you need all these things in place and you need to build upon those things. The way you get leads is you create trustworthy evidence-based content all the time. Oh, and you be a really good fucking coach and they tell people in about person. you. You know? Like, you, you think about like the amount of people I've been able to work with with WWE and in AEW, right? There is zero marketing involved. I got referred from somebody not in the WWE, crushed it, over-delivered value, and that WWE athlete referred me to the next person, the next person. One of those people referred me to the next person and the next person. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how it works because... I was just being a good coach. So like, and that's the funny thing about these business mastermind stuff. You won't hear anything about how to be a good coach, how to like break through fat loss plateaus, how to get people faster results, how to sustain results better, the psychology of dieting, the things that like give people that we work with the great experience they get and therefore tells, gets them to tell people about us. Your business. Yeah. None of that shit is talked about. So how do our, how does our team get, get leads? Um, there's uh, well, we have actually let's dig di uh, dive deeper into that. Like, how do they get leads? But how do they get clients? Mm -hmm. How do you turn in? How do they turn it into a lead to a client? Yeah, that's uh, so. One thing to mention on that front is that Cody gives them a script. <laughs> <I'm just Yeah. laughs> like absolutely. Um, the, the thing to mention on that is that the leads turning into clients are much easier for us because of all the foundational stuff that I I put together right, and that my team works on too. Because when somebody gets on the phone with us, I, I had a call with somebody today. Shout out to Janelle. Um, and, I, and, and I will go on the record saying this. I always, I, I try to, I almost every time I see a 253 in the application, I'm like, 
I'm taking that Let's call. Let's go. Yeah, that's our area code. So I'm like, I'm in. Um, but like, I love when somebody finds out about us around here. Yeah. So like, the thing about that is though is like, and I had a call the day before that too. So I've taken a call. I took a call yesterday. Both of these people are on board with us. We sold both of them. So shout out to her and shout out to Michaela. But both of them just have consumed my content for a long time. Like I literally, so I get on the phone and like, I'm like, Hey, so like, how did you find us? And like, I don't remember. Why are we on the call? And Michaela's first thing is like, I've been following your content for about 18 months. I listen to your podcast all the time. I follow your Instagram. I really like the content you share. Like I, I read all your articles. Cool. Janelle, same thing. Okay. So I don't have to sell them on who I am, what I believe in, what my philosophy is, what the results are that I get. They know because they see, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's just, when you can eliminate half the sales pitch, because you're constantly delivering content, it makes the phone call way more authentic, way easier to have, which is why we don't have a script. Yeah. So I don't tell my coaches, say this and then this and this. It's like, like, get them to talk about what they're after and then solve their problem on the phone. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Here's how I get them to talk about it. I'll tell them, like, hey, I, I usually ask these questions because that gets them going. That's it. First on you. I think also just, like, be yourself. There's a reason you're on our team mm-hmm. and you can sell it because you're who you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so like the, the turning leads into clients thing is, is easier when you do the other stuff. Now, how we get the leads, I mean, point number one, you're listening to it right now, literally. So we don't run ads or anything like that. And we don't cold DM anybody ever. I don't cold DM people. My team doesn't cold DM people. Uh, we don't have somebody against the rules. <laughs> it, it just, we just don't need to. Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. and also like, we've considered it. Cause I'm like, okay, well like, why not? Why not get more people? And when we started considering it and I started thinking about like, okay, well, we got to put together like some kind of script or like, who are we going to target with this? I didn't even get all the way through the process. So I'm like, this is so not us. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do it. I love it. You know what I mean? So we stopped, but I think that never started. Yeah, really? Like <laughs> we tried to start and we did, we didn't get further than that, but like ultimately, you know, the leads come from different places. Obviously we have uh, like different avenue, like plat or platforms and, and funnels from different pieces of content. Avenues, and stuff. right? But the reality is, is that some people it's, it's the podcast that's going to get them because they hear my voice and they hear the, like the passion and like the purpose and the drive behind what we do. Some people it's the website cause they see the, the, the proof of what we do. They see the professionalism on the site. They see the content on there, the long form content. Some people it's Instagram cause the imagery or the, the swipe or the video, like that's what clicks for them. Some people it's a newsletter cause it's a private message. And I usually go a little bit deeper into my newsletters than I do in my normal content. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I can't be filtered. <laughs> like literally I just get like the emotional deep stuff I usually take there. So it depends, but like somebody's in this atmosphere getting content from me somewhere. And then when the time is right for them to apply, they do like, yeah, we mentioned, I say it on the podcast all the time. There's a link in the description, click it, you know, in my newsletters, I do the same thing, but it's never like some crazy sales pitch. There's never a promo. There's never a deal. It's always just like, look, if you're at a place where you want change and you're struggling because you haven't had that change yet, click this button. Yep. You know, we can help you out. Um, how my coaches, most of the leads come from that. My coaches get leads through doing the same thing on their own level um, in, in front of their own audience. Um, there's a lot of people who find us because of me on somebody else's podcast, my podcast, our website through Google, something like that. They go to the Meet the Team page. Then they follow the coach that they relate with. And then they end up applying for the coach. And we can actually track that stuff. So I see it. When somebody applies through somebody's uh, application, 
on my team, I can see where they really came from. Like they started on this and then they applied for them, which tells me that they found us, found our team, resonated with them, loved their content specifically and applied because of them. So there's usually that. And the only time there's ever like some cold DM style stuff is a follow-up. Somebody applies, we don't get the chance to talk to them or it's not the right time for them. We might follow up with them later on. Yep. Maybe it's a week. Maybe I think a lot of, from the meetings that we've had, I've noticed that like a lot of people, they ask for the follow-up. Mm -hmm. Hey man, like it might not be the right time, but, but please, I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's not a no, it's, it's a yes. Yeah. It's just not now. Correct. If it's not a no, it's a not now. Yeah. That's like really what it is. Like I've never said that to the team, but that's kind of how I break it down for them. Because ultimately if, if somebody doesn't say no, or if somebody's like, like I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost there, like not responding, they want it. Yep. You just haven't said the thing that is like clicking with them to for them to click sign up or purchase so that they can start changing their life, right? And once you finally figure out what that thing is, you create that connection, they're in. But it's, I, I think the hard part about everything I just said for the person that asked this question and everybody else who's listening that needs this question answered, because I know there's a lot of people listening who do need this question answered. The biggest problem is that it takes time. I, I mean, it's why like business coaching and mastermind, like it's just not for me. You know, because I think, and this is why, like, I anticipate doing something sh- like a course, like we've talked about kind of, but, and it, that's not even going to be business folks, to be honest, it's going to be training and nutrition and stuff like that. But like, the point is, is, if I can take like three months with somebody and show them the fundamentals, build their foundation and then go, Hey, like the rest of it is just hammering nails into the wood that we already framed. Like you just go ahead. I don't need to watch over your shoulder. I don't need to tell you what to do because you're doing the same fucking hammering month after month after month after month after month until you're ready to scale and grow. And then it's a whole different beast, yep. you know? But, like, that's what people don't want to do. They don't want to take the time to build the foundation. There's a lot of digging, you know? And it's just, it just takes time. But if you're not, you got to be really, really passionate about this stuff. Like, you've got to really, not, yeah. You can't, like, you can't get into this stuff because quick, you, like. Quick, quick money. Yeah. Like, you think there's, like, a TikTok hack that you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can get into and then, like, grow quick. Like, there's no if there is, dude, let us know. Yeah, let us know because I'll throw it in there, but <laughs> that ain't happening, man. So. Cool. All right, good answer. Let's uh, move on to the next one. We got one coming from Kim Burleson. It says, I have a bulging disc in my lower back and neck and spinal stenosis and spinal stenosis in my middle of my back along with shoulder pain. I am 55-year-old female and feel like I can lift heavier than I am but when I do this, at times I end up making my back and shoulder mad. I do not lose. Uh, I do need to lose fifty pounds, so this doesn't help the constant stress on my back. How can I put some muscle and put on some muscle and work around all my issues? Do I slowly increase weight as my body gets used to the weight, or is it no longer making my, my no longer making me hurt? Number one, I am not a licensed physical therapist. Go seek out a licensed physical therapist. Um, I always think it's funny when I get like, I don't think it's funny. I think it's, I would frame the questions differently, but I'm also a professional in this. So like you don't, like that's why I don't, that's why I always still answer it or I entertain it on my stories because I get them all the time of like, I have a bulge of discs or like my L5's out or like I got in this car accident or like, what do I do? And I'm like, go to an office building that has licensed professionals who do this stuff. Like don't ask somebody on social media. What the fuck? Like, and I always say, go see a physical therapist. Yeah. Then here's some advice. Like, yeah. you know, like I always try to give something, but, um, 
Yeah, I would say go find a, a physical therapist, chiropractor, physio, somebody who can really help you. Um, if you need surgery, you need surgery. But like otherwise, those are the people that you want to seek out. Um, I would read like Stuart, Stuart McGill's book. Um, there's uh, The Gifted Athlete is one, but there's another one that I can't remember like the low back fix or something like that. But it just talks, it's all about the spine and everything. Really, really good and, and will help you a ton. But like there's certain like very, very easy to do protocols for breathing and mobility and stuff like that that can go a really long way when done consistently. So it's not like you're going to do one session and feel amazing. But if you do that shit every day for the next six months, you will literally feel amazing and totally different. So I would definitely go do something like that. And then the only other piece of advice I would give, just because you didn't give context into like what lifting you're doing, but you mentioned like, lifting you feel strong but when you lift you're making these areas angry um I, I think the best thing for you to do is not get married to any exercise or lift i think the biggest problem people have is they have a low back issue or shoulder issue but they keep on deadlifting and bench pressing and they're like i'm trying to do this stuff so i can bench and deadlift again but it keeps making it worse stop fucking deadlifting and bench pressing you know like there's nothing wrong with a single leg rdl or a lunge or a split squat um, that takes the load in half on your spine potentially unload your spine completely because you don't have a bar on your back. There's nothing wrong with not using a bench press or barbell to bench press because it's the barbell is a fixed position. It's not the best thing for your shoulders. Maybe you do a neutral grip. Maybe you do a dumbbell. Maybe you do a machine. Maybe you don't press at all. Like you don't need to press. Um, there's other ways around it. So like, I think don't be married to exercises. Uh, go research some like Stuart McGill stuff so you can start doing the right mobility breathing drills, PRI, PRI breathing is great, some soft tissue work, stuff like that on a regular basis until you start alleviating some of the pain and get some more range of motion to safely perform some other exercises and then go see a, a, a licensed physical therapist. You know, I believe if you go to, like if you Google search Stuart McGill and you actually go to his website, you can find a list of people who are certified by Stuart McGill as well. Totally. So like that is like, the cream of the crop, because now you can go, okay, I like his information. He's the number one back specialist in the world, literally. Um, and you could go to the list of people who are certified and recognized by him specifically. Like, and there could be one in your area or yeah. nearby. So that's what I would recommend. Totally. Cool. All right. That wraps up the Q, uh, the cues <laughs> for today. Q's, um, the Q and a guys, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. I'm saying it on every podcast because, uh, I want people to get fucking deals. So uh, giantlifting.com it is uh, Black Friday is a whole month for everybody uh, that sells anything apparently. Um, and I love it. So you can also use the TCM10 code to drop it another 10%. And I, I double checked that on the website on a checkout page. Didn't actually buy anything, but like made sure. Um, and it does work. So TCM10 gets you 10%. Black Friday is I'm pretty sure all month of November. We'll go check it out. They actually used a picture of me on the website. Dope. I don't know if you've been on there, but I was, no. I was stoked. It's like that deadlift picture using all our stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, sick. It is sick. Um, they didn't ask. I better explain. <laughs> they have basically, <laughs> they have the right to use all my content. Um, but it's super dope. So uh, go check that out, giantlifting.com firstform.com slash tailored coaching method. I got to imagine some Black Friday magic's going on over there at some point too because again, it is the month of November so deals are going everywhere. And last but not least, if you want to work with us one-on-one -on -one, like we talked about earlier, tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash online dash coaching. We appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you next time. That was really fun. Oh, that was a good one.